Hello, NHBC and other podcast listeners. I was tempted to say good morning, but then remembered that may not be the case if you're listening to me in a different time. But whatever may be the time, I hope you're having a good day so far. The subject I was given is Christ being our cornerstone. The two main portions from the Bible are um, Psalms 118 verses 21 through 29 and Ephesians chapter 2 verses 19 through 22. Let's read both of them. Reading Psalms chapter 118 verses 21 through 29 in NKJV. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given his light. Bind the sacrifice with cards to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Or give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 19 through 22. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we are so thankful for your blessed word. Good Lord, thank you for talking to us through your word. Father, I pray that that I speak through your Holy Spirit and everybody listening to me may be blessed by your word. Father God, may we know that you are our solid cornerstone. You are our foundation. Father, I pray that anybody who is listening to me who does not know you, that these words may bring them comfort, may show them that you are the true and the living God and that you died on the cross for my sin and everybody's sin. Thank you, Jesus. This we pray in the most precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was preparing for this uh, message and I was thinking about the word cornerstone, it took my memory to the days in India. I've heard both in church and outside about how 
uh, when somebody is building a house, you know, they announce that on so-and-so date, they will be laying the foundation stone. That's the literal translation from the uh, Malayalam word Tarakadli, uh, translated as foundation stone or cornerstone. I used to wonder what is the big deal about, you know, putting one stone and why is it always announced? You know, with the, like probably hundreds of stones that I use to build the house, but what is a big deal about just this one stone? I don't know how here it is in the US, how the houses are built, since most of them are built using wood. I don't know if the foundation is exactly like how we build it in India, uh, where, you know, it's mainly uh, stone and bricks. Anyway, so going back, I was able to attend one such ceremony, the uh, foundation stone laying ceremony. It was not by uh, a Christian family, it was uh, a Hindu family. So they were laying the uh, cornerstone. So there was the uh, Hindu priest, you know, and they lit a camphor. The priest had a tiny little uh, bell uh, and there were plenty of other people surrounding him and they were all in a prayer position there. Their uh, palms were together. And in chart, it, it was a very big deal. It looked like it was a very big deal. So many people getting together. I was thinking all this is happening just for the sake of laying one stone. That's the cornerstone. Now, as I said, I don't know how it's done here, but in India, when before you start building a house, they dig about five to seven feet to lay the foundation. The entire foundation will be like so dug and then filled with stone. They mainly do it with stones and cement, you know, and then on top of it is where they build the house. So what were the rituals I just mentioned with the priest coming in and all that, that happens only for the first stone laid, right? And that's called the foundation stone, the cornerstone. That stone is super important, right? And that is why they're doing it. Why is it so super important? Why is it that crucial to have that one stone right, get it right, right? That's why they're praying and all that, saying that everything should go well, but why does it matter just with this one stone? It's because that's the stone that sets the direction, you know, starting from a corner. Everything else aligns itself to that first starting point. You know, one of the uh, online writers uh, said this. He said, in ancient biblical times, the cornerstone was the stone of stone at the corner of two walls that united them. It was the visible corner and most important stone of the foundation of the building. It set the level, angle, and outer dimension of the building. It had to be level and squared true so that all the other future stones could be set from it. One in place, the rest of the building would conform to the angles and size of the cornerstone. If removed, the entire structure could collapse. It was the costliest stone because of its beauty and strength. It was also the largest, most solid and carefully constructed stone. We just read from Psalms and Ephesians 
referencing to the cornerstone. If you do a quick search in the Bible, you will find throughout the Old and New Testament many references to the cornerstone. Now, the cornerstone image is further amplified by referencing to it as the stone of stumbling, uh, the rock of offense. You can find them in uh, Isaiah chapter 8. Along with the passages from Isaiah and uh, Psalms 118, which is you know, reference and elaborated a bit more in First Peter, First Peter chapter two. We can also say, along with Peter, to the one who has faith, Jesus Christ is the chosen, precious foundation stone. But to the one who does not have faith, he is a stone of stumbling. But what does it mean by he is our chosen, precious stone? What does it mean by he is our chief cornerstone, but for the one without faith, he is a stone of stumbling? Let's go back to the book of Isaiah, which has references to the Savior who is to come, uh, references to the Messiah, right? In in many places, the, the Messiah is referred to as the cornerstone. So let's read uh, one such occurrence from Isaiah chapter 28, verses 16. Isaiah chapter 28, verses 16. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. Now here God is talking about the southern kingdom Judah, right? Where he promises his precious son who will be their uh, firm foundation for their lives. But they would have to trust in him, right? The same metaphor is continued in the New Testament. Apostle Paul is telling the Ephesian believers to know Christ better. Uh, reading Ephesians chapter 2, 19 through 21 again. We read it earlier, but then reading it again. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Now, which is the same thing Peter is saying in 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter says that Jesus Christ as our cornerstone, he is chosen by God and he is precious to him. Chapter 2 verses 4. And in verses 6, he says how the cornerstone is reliable. He says the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Though everything and everyone must be aligned with the cornerstone, that is, our Lord Jesus Christ, unfortunately that does not happen. Some accept Christ, some reject him. And hence the reference, the stone the builders rejected from uh, Mark's Gospel chapter 12 and from Psalms. Now when news of the Messiah Messiah's arrival came to the Magi in the east. They determined to bring him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
But when that news, the exact same news came to King Herod in Jerusalem, what did he do? His response was to attempt to kill Lord Jesus Christ. From the very beginning, Jesus was a stone that caused people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. But how was that the people reject God's chosen precious cornerstone? Simply put, they want to build something different from what God is building. You know, just like the uh, people building the Tower of Babel, they rebelled against God and pursued their own project. You know, those who reject Christ disregard God's plan in favor of their own plan. Now, judgment is promised to all those who reject Jesus Christ. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, and verses 44, it says, Anyone who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. I have three applications that we can learn from our Lord Jesus Christ being our cornerstone. The first one is the cornerstone sets the direction. You know, I mentioned in the beginning how the cornerstone is the first stone, right? And and so it is to set the direction for the rest of the construction and the building itself. And those who have trusted upon the Lord Jesus Christ and accepted him as their savior, their direction in life is set by Lord Jesus Christ himself, direction both vertical and horizontal. By vertical, I mean direction after life. And horizontal is the life on earth. I'm so thankful to God for saving me and showing me what he wants me to do as a Christian, be day to day or the big decisions in life. I'm not saying that I've never uh, had confusion in terms of deciding something. I still take good 10 minutes to decide what I want to eat when I'm in, already in Skyline. I praise God that certain decisions are very clear, being and thinking like a Christian, which is one of the biggest struggles for an unbeliever, right? Not knowing what to do. What should I study? What college should I go to? Should I take up that job that I just got? Should I really move to this new place? Who should I marry? Should I buy a house? So many questions. What is the right answer? Am I doing the right thing? Most of you listening to me should have worked somewhere. And almost all the workplaces and companies have something called a mission and vision. You all might have heard about it, right? A mission statement and a vision statement. A mission statement defines the company's business, its uh, objectives and its approach to reach those objectives. It's more like how would they do their day-to-day business? What is it that drives them every day? And a vision statement, on the other hand, describes the desired future position of the company. Where do they want to be in 15 years, 20 years down the line? How how do they see themselves, right? Where would the company position itself? 
elements of mission and mission statements are often combined to provide a statement of the company's purposes, goals, and values. As Christians, I believe we should have a mission and mission statement, don't we? But we do not have to search like the companies where, you know, where a lot of people get together and then decide that's not the case with us. We don't have to go anywhere. It's right in the word of God. Psalm says in Psalms chapter 119 verses 105, most of us might have memorized it. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What does it mean? It means the Psalms are saying that thy word, that is the Lord's word, is his mission and vision. Right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. What does lamp do in the night? It does not show you what lies a mile ahead of you. Right? It, it eliminates your path to show where your next step should be. That's all. It doesn't show any further than that. And the Psalms continue to say is, and the light unto my path. Light unto my path. What does that mean? What does light do? Light brightens your whole path. You can see what lies ahead. You can see far, far away. Praise God for his written word. Praise our precious Savior. He sets our direction. Colossians 3, 2 says, Set your minds on things above, not the things on earth. I pray that every person listening to me thinks about what is our mission and vision as a Christian. Romans 12.2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable, and perfect. So that's the first point. The cornerstone sets the direction. The second is, the second application is, the cornerstone sets the foundation. Now in the beginning we read how the cornerstone is a foundation stone, right? And everything else is built from it. There's no way you can remove it. That is the foundation. And everything else built on top of it, as long as it's on top of it, it's going to stay strong. It's going to stay put. You know, just a few days ago, we had this park and praise in, in NHBC, right? We had this motion song that we sang along with the kids, Don't Build Your House on the Sandy Land. I really liked the lyrics and I Googled it. And this is how this uh, the lyrics goes. It, it reads, don't build your house on the sandy land. Don't build it too near the shore. Well, it might be kind of nice, but you'll have to build it twice or you'll have to build your house once more. You better build your house upon a rock, make a good foundation on a solid spot. Oh, the storms may come and go, but the peace of God you will know. Where are we building our house? Is it really on the solid foundation, Lord Jesus Christ? You know, when there was an option to choose land, what land did Lot choose? You know, there was Abraham, there was Lot, 
and we know about that they wanted to split and so they were to choose land right and lot chose the area cities of the uh, valley of sodom that's in genesis chapter 13 let's read that genesis chapter 13 verses um, 10 onwards lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of jordan towards zoar was well watered like the garden of the lord like the land of egypt so lot chose for himself the whole plain of jordan and set outward the east the two men parted company it says the lot saw the land was well watered and he thought it is good what, what was it good why if it's well watered what is it good for lot had a lot of flocks and herds so it was really good for his flocks and herds a well watered land but he did not think about who was living there and what his life was going to be. All that he saw was that the land was good for his flocks and herds. He thought he was building his house on a solid foundation. And we all know what happened after that. Now it reminds me of one of the proverbs my mom says, of course, uh, in uh, Malayalam. I'll try translating it. it. It goes something like this. It's a short one. It, it, it goes like a person would know, wouldn't notice the sand beneath his feet eroding. A person wouldn't notice the sand beneath his feet eroding. What that means is all of you who have been to a, a beach, you know, if, if you're near the shore, when the wave of water washes your feet, and it starts going down back into the ocean, it sweeps some, some amount of soil beneath your feet, right? It's so little that you wouldn't notice if you have not next time you tried. But if you stay too long, because if you wait, you'll notice that your feet would have sunk a bit into the sand because the sand beneath your feet is slowly eroding. You will not notice it because it's so slow. Left to it has to go on for a long time. It's it's like that. We always ought to watch what our foundation is on. Where are we building a house? That's really really important. Is it really on our on the solid ground, Lord Jesus Christ? So the first point was the cornerstone sets the direction. Second one was the cornerstone sets the foundation. The third and the last point is the cornerstone sets the permanency. What do I mean by that? By permanency, I mean something that is immovable. Right? The cornerstone is permanent. The builders don't keep changing it. They're like, okay, I don't like the direction now, or like this is not the right place. Let me move it now. It's well thought. It's well, well done. Like after that, there is no change. Our cornerstone, Lord Jesus Christ, he's permanent. He was always there. Right? He is our immovable cornerstone. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, all of you know, I was not born in a Christian home. 
So my first attendance in kids Sunday school was when I was in um, eighth grade. And one of the Sunday school songs that used to be uh, sung was Ancient of Days. I think it's in our end. The lyrics goes like this. Blessings and honor, glory and power be unto the Ancient of Days. From every nation, all of creation bow before the Ancient of Days. Every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory. Every knee shall bow at your throne in worship. You will be exalted, O God, and your kingdom shall not pass away, O ancient of days. And I still remember every time I sing that uh, that line, O ancient of days, I used to get goosebumps. Because here I was new, newly introduced to this God, and I'm, I'm singing about a God who always existed, ancient of days, before anything in the universe was, he was. Before anything else existed, he was. And he is and he will always be. That, that was such uh, uh, a mind-blowing experience and a concept for I don't worship a God whose existence is dependent on my faith. You know, it's like somebody said, it doesn't matter whether you believe or not that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It will happen. I really pray that if you're listening to me, that Lord Jesus Christ is your immovable, permanent, precious chief cornerstone and not a stone of stumbling. So those were the three points repeated. The first one was the cornerstone sets the direction. Jesus Christ sets the direction in your life. And the second one was cornerstone sets the foundation. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you build your house on him. It will be a strong home on a solid rock, that no matter what happens, it will always be there. And the third one was, the cornerstone sets the permanency. The Lord Jesus Christ is the immovable rock. He is the immovable cornerstone. He is always there. He will always be there. I always like to close with a story. This is from the our daily bread it's titled eureka stone i think this was uh, from last year it's yeah it's called eureka stone and it goes like this in 1867 on a farm in south africa 15 year old erasmus jacobs saw a stone glistening in the sun the shining rock was eventually reported to a neighbor who wanted to buy it from the family not knowing its value, Erasmus's mother told the neighbor, you can keep the stone if you want it. Eventually, a mineral mineralogist determined the stone to be a 21.25 carat diamond and worth a great sum. It became known as the Eureka diamond. The Greek word for Eureka is I found it. Soon the fields near the Jacob's farm 
soared in value. Underneath the land was one of the richest diamond deposits ever discovered. Jesus said that the value of being part of God's kingdom is like treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid it, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. When we put our faith in Christ, a spiritual Eureka moment arrives. God gives us forgiveness in his son. It is the greatest treasure that could ever be found. Now all of life can begin to center on the value of becoming a joyous member of his eternal kingdom. It's our joy to share that valuable discovery with others. By Dennis Fisher. Let's close with a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for sending your begotten Son into this earth. Our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for dying for us on the cross of Calvary. Good Lord, you are our chief cornerstone. We put our faith in you. Father God, when everything around us is going haywire, when there's so much of uncertainty around us, when we do not know what will happen a day after, we know that you are our immovable, reliable rock whom, on whom we can trust. Father God, thank you for setting the direction for us on what we should do. Father God, in, in the midst of all this uncertainty, we have a certain God who said, where two or three gathered in my name, there am I. Father God, thank you for listening to our prayer. We anticipate your coming. Father, we look forward for that day where everything around us, everything that we've built would seem so insignificant compared to the riches. Father God, until that day, help us to live a good Christian life. Help us to Run the race. Thank you for your word. Pray for all the listeners. Pray that the Holy Spirit would plant the seed in the hearts if there is anybody who is listening to me and does not know you. Thank you, God, for listening to our prayers. This we pray in the most mighty and matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you all for listening to me and uh, thank you for taking time. Hope you continue to have a good time, a good rest of your day. Bye.